Hi, I'm Daniel Bubo, and you're listening to a Dig It Magazine audio. Now, you're probably wondering why this intro is so upbeat. Well, it's because I made it in a very short amount of time. I've been putting off making this podcast because I couldn't find an intro. And so, you know what? I just said, yep, there's that too. Yeah, um, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to use a garage band on my phone and I'm just going to make an intro on the bathroom. And I said, you know what? The bathroom is where inspiration is born. Might as well just see what happens. What if I make the best intro ever? I don't know. I'll see. Do you like it? (laughs) Anyway, essentially this podcast is something that I've been thinking about for a very long time. And I just wanted to make something finally and just put it into work. And this intro is very funky. I realize it's not going to be this upbeat. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is what it's about. Okay, none of that. That's a bit too much. But anyway, give us a listen. I think you'll like it. So our debut episode is a two-parter. And in the first part, we discuss, essentially, our curriculum in the online culture course and what we like and what we're kind of a bit iffy with and after that we discuss our past studies and how we got to study online culture like the kind of roadmap into getting here and shortly after that we discuss uncertainty as our main theme especially with the fact that the job market can be looking quite grim at particular times especially now and what we can expect once we're done with this course and what we can do with the degrees that we have so I hope you enjoy, and we'll be trying to put more of these out. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel Bubo, and I'm here with Philip and Viren, and we are in Philip's room. And we're just going to discuss and bounce ideas all surrounding the idea of uncertainty in the future, especially for culture study students like us. So we both study and do the um, the bachelor's which is in the uh, online culture, media, art, and society. We're both in the second year, and we have specializations, and I'm in the digital media specialization. What are you in? I am in the art media and... uh, No, art in the public sphere. Art in the public sphere. Okay. And just to kick it off, at least... So we had these three choices, right? Uh, That... Digital I had media. four, actually. You had four? I could also choose to go in the direction of... um, a teacher of the Dutch language, I could always, uh, I could also choose that. Okay. I was... But nobody chose that. Chose that. Right. I was, all right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of like a weird direction you can take with our study program uh-huh. where you can specialize towards like youth literature. Right. And uh, study to become a teacher in Dutch, but. A teacher in Dutch for unlike for culture studies no, or just, just in general. In general? Right, okay. That's why it's weird. Okay, so so you have these four choices, uh, art and public sphere, digital media, the other one... Global communication. Global communication, and this Dutch teacher option thing. And you opted for... Art in the public sphere. And now, why? Well, because I... In the first year, we were all together, and there were no specializations, Uh and I really enjoyed studying the art Mm -hmm. and culture aspects of our study program. So I liked doing 
social media. I like doing digital media, but I, I preferred studying music and mm-hmm. studying art and right. paintings and right. sculptures and, and getting to know the theory behind that and why did certain people choose this? For instance, with uh, a course we had last year, uh, uh, art, uh, art in the public sphere. No, uh, transformations of the yeah. public sphere. We looked at a, the video clip. This is America by right. Childish Gambino, and we analyzed it. And I thought that was one of the most fun courses or lectures we ever did in the mm-hmm. first year. And from that moment, I knew that that was what I wanted to do, and that was what I really liked. Just like going through. A music video, a movie, um, art, and and seeing what is there, and trying to understand what you see and what you, what you hear, and that's why I chose this. All right. So like, uh, from what you're saying, you're saying that like, being able to dissect something, a form of media, art, or whatever, is was important to you. Yeah. So you must have really enjoyed, say. The first couple of lectures from um, philosophy of art, then, because I yeah. I thought as well yeah. that one of my favorite classes was also analyzing that picture of the of the three girls on the painting. Yeah, and I thought that was a lot of fun to you know everyone everyone's for for everyone to just bounce ideas off of each other and you hear something completely different about something that you saw on the painting, and then you'd see something new or something like that. So yeah, I, I can I can completely see how you would enjoy uh, doing that. Which brings me to like a question actually. So we're in online culture, media, art, and society. Now, what do you feel like you're getting your understanding or being taught media, art, and the societal aspect of it? Or do you think that there is parts that are lacking in that like in the the three options at least at least in the name? Like, what do you think is definitely there? Online culture, for sure, is kind of a general theme mm-hmm. around media, culture, and society. Um, I think culture is definitely there. Yeah. Especially in my specification. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's like the big thing, the big starting point where you start to analyze things. Right. And then um, I studied globalization and the globalization of art. Mm-hmm. Um, so, influences by society on art mm-hmm. and how art changes and how society changes. So, I think society is definitely there. Um, the thing is, though, that I sometimes regret not choosing digital media because the digital media and the online has kind of faded away a bit. Um, so uh, in the first year we were we were focused a lot on social media so for instance Facebook Twitter Instagram and now in my specialization not so much anymore mm-hmm. maybe that is because in the first year we are taught on such a base level of knowledge about this that in the second year um, you can kind of uh, you already have the knowledge you need mm-hmm. for the digital media aspect and you can start moving towards other focuses but for me my specialization is very focused on culture on art on society on people but less focused on media right right 
which is interesting because for me, I chose the digital media specialization. So um, for me, when I was looking at the curriculum, I was thinking this is definitely something that at least I felt is very much in the kind of mainstream idea of what someone would expect a student that went through online culture, media, art, and society would do. To the point where I was like, just for some subjects, I would feel like they should just be part of the standard package because I feel like everybody should know this, not just digital media um, students. Do you think that there's ever like things or courses that you've gone through and thought, like maybe this could have been better in the first year or courses in the first year that you would put in the second year, like, or in the third year, like, how would you, is the, is the order correct? Is what, is what I, is what I'm asking. Because personally, there are some courses that I would definitely say like, you know what, maybe I wouldn't have minded uh, learning about this much earlier. Say in particular, um, last semester we had a course on uh, reading and writing online. And I think that definitely came a little later than I would have probably liked if I was like, like if I was looking at the at all the courses for instance i would think like a everybody needs to have this class because that's essentially what we're going to be doing right reading and writing online about you know these topics and that's something that we should get that practice probably earlier rather than later that's at least how i see it what do you think about that um well for instance uh my biggest annoyance within our study program in general is mm-hmm. d- doing research right. courses right, right. to have three uh, three different doing research courses and they all say the same thing and they add just a little tiny bit of knowledge i feel like we did not need three of the same courses so i think in the first year it's definitely very important to l- to learn about doing research mm-hmm. and how to do good research but i think that giving those courses in the second year is a bit too much mm-hmm. because i think that especially we had marik van den abele in the in the first year mm-hmm. and she gave us such a great um small like base of knowledge mm-hmm. she laid such a foundation for us and for our understanding of doing research right that the courses we have now so we have one this semester and we had one last semester i didn't really learn anything new from anything that we had already heard like right. uh, we also learned about ethnography mm-hmm. we had ethnography in the first year already um so like that there are some courses especially the doing research courses, I'm like, I don't see the point of doing that over and over again, Mm. even if it's that important. Like maybe don't do three, do two. But even that is to me a bit over the top. And if there are courses that I would like to have now, well, for instance, the, the, we last semester or the second semester in the first year we had ceremonial society i did not see the point of ceremonial society for the study program other than it's about culture right so 
if you want to study online culture and if you want to study which we did in ceremonial society yeah a bit but it wasn't like the main premises of the of the of the course yeah the the main course was about religion and about differences in religion and i think that if that is what you want to study then you shouldn't have to do that in the first year right right that's okay you make a good point there because i can definitely see that ceremonial society which still does touch a touch on the online aspect for sure uh, is definitely kind of like that is the culture subject of the media art and culture you know preface and so like you think that that's definitely for the culture thing there and i i can see that that is very niche for a first year uh, subject that yeah. seems like something that would come after in the first year to me that course was completely out of left field it was like yeah. all of a sudden i was studying religion and and uh, differences in 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 the way people act during religion yeah. and it was so focused on religion that it was like am i now studying theology you know and yeah. i understand in in hindsight i understand how this lays a base on understanding different cultures and how people act in different cultures but it seemed so specific right and so specialized in one certain way of thinking that it to me it felt more like a specialization mm -hmm. than having than working on your foundation for right. understanding online culture with that course i think that the the benefit definitely or at least the pro for having it in the first year is it does lay some idea down as to how cultures work so say like that's the first time you'll hear of Emil Durkheim or something you know that's like you learn about it there and you learn about all the different uh, ways of thinking schools of thought when it comes to culture but then once that's once you're past those classes and you're analyzing, say, the coronation of a queen, or the birth of the marriage of the sea, for instance, or, or the Kimbangu church, for instance, then you're kind of veering in this full-on kind of like culture escape where you're just, just discovering and analyzing different ways of doing things, which you get the point of yeah. pretty quickly. That. Maybe it was, with that course, it was the way it was taught and not the course in general, because I think... The course in general has much more potential of being part of a foundation for understanding culture. Right. But they taught us in the way that it was almost like analyzing different um, performances within religion. Right. And I think that if that that particular those particular lectures where we were just watching a video of something and then describing what we saw mm -hmm. that wasn't that Not to me beneficial. felt more like specializing on that right instead of yeah so so i can definitely see like if you if you are definitely veering in the direction where you want to really look and analyze ceremonial studies so like ceremonial like uh for instance in the sense of like i said before coronation of the queen that kind of stuff then I would definitely think that that would be under like a specialization, I think. Yeah, I understand that part. But I also understand the fact that like we did get some foundation of uh, understanding how to study uh, culture, at least. 
Um, but coming back to um, the research classes, we were talking about that earlier. Um, I think that there is a necessity to have them split because you're kind of covering, because research is a very broad and really big topic to have, like just research itself. So like having, attacking research from three angles, from a methodology side, from a skill side and a practice side, kind of gives you the full image once you're done with it already. And then you have to write your own thesis because then you've gone through, you know, you've, you've, you, you've, you've started with methodology. So, you know, the ground, the basis, you can build off of that. And then you're giving skills because skills, I mean, if we hadn't had those classes or even been introduced to say SPSS, once the thesis comes by and we have to, you know, analyze big data, I think we'd be quite confused. It'd be a big curveball to be like, yeah, you know what, now analyze your data and you have only done methodology, understanding the ideas of, of research yet. I think I agree with you, but what I think is that the communication between the different courses, the, right. be, between the different doing research courses uh -huh. is then done poorly right. because now uh, we're just learning Rehashing what we, we, we're just rehearsing everything over and over again. We, right. We've heard everything that they are explaining to us now mm -hmm. and they should have more clear guidelines for every uh, doing research course right. then. I, right. sh I should have the feeling that now I should be learning how to handle the theory about doing research. Like the first course, I get it. It was very theoretical. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about doing actual research as much as just learning what doing research is. Yeah. Then in the second course, we got more different kinds of research mm -hmm. and how to do those different kinds of research. Yeah. So I get that those two courses are different. Yeah. But now, even well, our granted, teachers are saying that it's we've heard it all before and it's more for the pre-master students right, who right. haven't done it before. Granted, we are in the second week. Okay, that's, that's true. Yeah, we are in the second week. So like it, it's, it, it will definitely veer off into some new uh, idea of like actually having to practice research. Because so far uh, with the things that we've done when it comes to, in terms of actually practicing what we've learned, um, I would say that the previous re research class put us out there and we had to, you know, do a, an, an ethnographic study. That was probably the most practice part that we got from it. Maybe in the last assignment, the group assignment, that was practice in the sense of, you know, using SPSS, which is extremely difficult for many students, which I think should probably even have its own class of itself, in my opinion. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see that, I, at least I hope that the coming weeks for research practice will have something more different and but i understand that they could maybe want to you know go back and talk about new things again and you know but i can definitely understand that from our point of view you know you're there and you're like you're basically just rehearsing what you've done a year ago and you're kind of past that by now so like yeah it, it can i understand that it can feel kind of like a waste of i wouldn't say a waste of time it's not a waste of time but you could be using it more efficiently let's put it like that yeah it's it's not a waste. It's not. There's never a waste. Anyway, um, but yeah. So, kind of putting that down and talking about the course at least. I want to get into 
the real idea of this episode, at least, which is uncertainty. And so we've laid down this idea, at least of that, at least what I've, what I've kind of picked up from you is that you definitely have, uh, um, well, you have a lot of questions, that's for sure. And you, you have a lot to say about the course you're in. And I just want you to just give me some background on yourself in the sense of what brought you here into this course, what you've, what, what uh, were you doing before, for instance? And just kind of like the map into getting into online culture. Well, I've grown up with the idea that I wanted to be an entertainer, either a comedian or a musician. Uh Um, And I got that from my father, who is a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, So my absolute dream job is still is to become a professional musician, not per se famous Mm -hmm. but uh, to be good enough to make money Mm -hmm. and to have a a normal to lead a normal normal life by by being a musician Um, so when I was younger I was actually before going to my high school I was trying to get into uh, it's called the half over music and dance in Mm -hmm. Dutch and Mm -hmm. it's basically the high school where you focus on music. So right. I was a drummer, mm-hmm. I still am, but less. Um, so when I was younger, I wanted to fully focus on playing the drums. So I could go to a high school where playing drums mm-hmm. was the main focus and all the other courses were kind of in the background. Right. Then uh, by talking with my dad, with my mom, with just relatives, um, I got to the point where I was like, it's so insanely difficult to become well-established as a musician and make enough money to live a normal life. Mm. It's so difficult. Think about how many people play guitar in the world, Mm. play drums, how many bands there are. And all of these people are trying to make it as a musician. So I decided to wisen up and get an education, get a proper education and move away from music and playing drums as something, as my main focus. Because my my intention was after this school focused on music, I wanted to go to Codarts, which is like the uh, conservatorium, which is um, like higher education where you master your instrument so it would mean that i would be completely focused on on the drums drums. so learning about reading notes learning about music like everything like like whiplash yeah kind of like that like whiplash okay so be like almost 24 7 focused on my my instrument that was what i wanted to do at first then i decided not to do that because of all the things that it's so difficult to to Mm -hmm. become a professional musician um, because the main story you hear of people coming out of, like... The conversatorium. The conversatory. What's it called? The conversatorium, I guess. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. Um, is that they become a music teacher. Right. And that's not what I wanted to do. Right. Like, I think eight... I, I, I think I've heard somewhere that, like, seven out of ten or eight out of ten people that come from the conservatory mm-hmm. and are specialized in their instrument 
their main f job is being a music teacher with practicing music on the side. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And that's not what I wanted to do. Right. So then I decided to go to a different high school and just get a like a real education focus on courses, focus on, I don't know, anything else and forget about music mm. and just do it as a hobby. Mm -hmm. uh, then I got into the idea that I wanted to do fiscal law, so law about money. Mm -hmm. And the only real reason in hindsight why I wanted to do that is because I thought that it would give me the best prospects of making a lot of money. Right. So you went I, in there solely thinking, yeah. I'm done with this, and once I'm done with it, I'm just going to be at least rich. Yeah. Right. So I was, in my head, I was like, I need money to live a good life. Mm -hmm. I need to do something that will get me paid. Right. And um, I didn't really look at other universities other than Erasmus University in Rotterdam, which right. is... I am from Schiedam, which is next to Rotterdam, so that was the logical choice. I could stay at home, take the subway, get to school. But what was problematic about that, I, I had a genuine interest for fiscal law as well. Okay. I love talking about contracts, about marketing, mm -hmm. about everything about that and about the, the, the law aspect of that. Mm -hmm. um, but for studying fiscal law you had to do one year of law in general yeah so i was in my first year i spent like four months or three months on uh, the erasmus university studying law so i was in uh, in lecture rooms with 1500 1500 other students you know like the big, yeah, insane, big. Yeah, yeah yeah and i was in between like the the, the sons and daughters of established lawyers who yeah. could just take over the practice after they had done studying right. and people who really wanted to be a lawyer mm -hmm. and I I didn't want that mm -hmm. so I was not in the right place and I was going there learning things that I didn't need the year after when once I speciali specialized into fiscal law right so I was doing things that I didn't want to do right and that is so insanely hard Plus that the Erasmus University is so insanely focused on being the best university, having the best students, having the mm. highest grades, right. that it becomes almost like a survival of the fittest right. between law students in particular. I don't know if the university is different on other stu uh, study programs, but mm -hmm. in law in particular, they, they didn't have like a numerous fixes. So mm -hmm. everybody could enroll mm -hmm. as long as you had like uh, a diploma from high school right. or you spent a year on HBO, yeah. stuff like that. So that mean that meant that there were like 1500 people and they all, all from like the very first day said, we only have places in the second year for 350 people. That meant that the university had to exclude 1200 people right by just making it so insanely difficult to pass tests past courses right that only the best of the best stay only the people who really want to study law and who are really passionate and who are really into studying hard mm -hmm. spending a lot of time in with the noses in books mm -hmm. only those people can pass 
so I failed the first two tests, mm -hmm. the first two courses, so I didn't receive any uh, uh, credits. Credits, and you in in the first year of Erasmus University, you have to get sixty out of sixty credits. That there's no minimum. It's just there's no minimum. You have to get them all. Right. And um, you had in the entire year, you could take two resets, one in the first two tests and one in the fi final six tests. So you had si eight tests in, to in total. So I failed both the first two tests, which meant that I could only retake one. They had, you can, you could compensate like a 4.5 minimum with like, uh, I don't know, 6.5 right, right. or 7.5. So you could compensate. But unfortunately, I got like a two and a three. Mm -hmm. So it was completely over after two tests. Mm. So after two months, that's it, I think. So I knew I had to leave. And then Erasmus makes this crazy uh, rule that if you fail, you can't come back for four years. Yeah. So it was just completely the different that's a common thing though culture yeah okay but it was it was i was surrounded by by people who were walking with their chins up mm, you know yeah. with their noses in there yeah like it felt like you were working for the university not the other way around yeah and my personality is much more fo uh, is much more preferred to the university working for you more than the Erasmus University did. So I right. came to Tilburg and immediately I found that the Tilburg University was much more happy with its students and which was much more willing to students to supply them with good quality studying time, you know, mm -hmm. making it fun for students doing their best for students, not the other way around. So that was the first reason why I came to Tilburg. And the second reason was I was sick of thinking that I needed to study to get a good job. I took that idea out of my head and mm -hmm. I started focusing on, I want to study what I like and right. I want to have a good time. Right. So I wanted to do something that I was had a genuine interest in and I genuinely liked. So with that musical background, mm -hmm. I wanted to do something with art and music. But I also didn't want to fully focus on art and music because then again, you make it you're, you're very difficult for, again, themself, yeah. for yourself mm -hmm. with getting a job and stuff like that. So I was trying to get in, think about musicology, which is basically you become proficient in knowing about music in and general. the theory behind music. So I thought that was really cool at first, but then I was thinking, what can you do with as a mu mu musicologist? Not that much because the only thing you are proficient in is music theory, right? Knowing music. That's the only thing you can do. So then I saw online culture, art, okay. media, and society, and it was much more focused on combining art, culture, uh, society, um, online culture, social media, it was constantly changing, and it was much more like a middle way, and it was kind of like involving all the different 
things that I was very interested in. Right. So that's why I really liked online culture. And that's why I am here. So, again, when we were allowed to specialize, mm-hmm. I picked art in the public sphere mm-hmm. because art is like my passion. Right. And still, it combines society, it combines culture. So it was like perfect for me. But now I find myself wondering if I picked the right specialization. Right. Especially because like we are with, I think, eight or ten other people who picked art in the uh, public sphere. Mm. Then there are like eight people who picked global communication and there are 35 or something people who picked digital media. So that's kind of an indicator which which specialization is the most uh, uh, preferred. So I'm thinking, did I make the wrong choice as a specialization? Right. Because maybe the job prospect market market is much more inclined to pick someone someone from digital media than someone proficient in art in the public sphere. Right. So uh, okay, that's interesting then. But I would then kind of say that. It all depends, right? It's all in context of what you're trying to get a job for. Because uh, if, if, for instance, you finish with this uh, specialization, and also this is to people listening that there is a general specialization, right? Where you can mix and match. So if you feel like you don't want to be pigeonholed into one particular thing and you would like to do things in, uh, in all the different specializations, that is an option as well. But um, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't say that digital media is... It may be the, the, the specialization that is the most sought after, but I but I wouldn't say there's some kind of like, which one is the best type of thing. That's, a, that's also not really what you're saying, I think, no. Well, I had, uh, I, I had a talk recently with our study advisor mm-hmm. uh, about the same topic, and she gave a very interesting answer to my questions. Right. She said, yeah, but you're still, prof- you're still studying online culture. Right. It doesn't matter what specialization you're in Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you get a bachelor's degree in online culture right so if you are applying for a job once you have somewhere you want to apply for like a cultural organization or an art organization sure you can it's it may be proficient Mm -hmm. to mention that i i picked art in the public sphere because it's more relevant to that institution Mm -hmm. But if you're just applying for a job that requires knowledge of online culture, mm-hmm. then I don't even have to mention that I picked art in the public sphere as a specialization because in the end of the day, I'm still pr- uh, I still have a degree in online culture. Yeah, actually a degree in in, in cultural studies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's interesting because so my story is sort of similar to that in the sense of it also includes law. Um, for me, after finishing high school doing an uh, international baccalaureate it was very confusing as to where I'd go from there because that's the kind of system where you choose uh, three subjects that you want to do at a higher level and three subjects that you want to do at a lower level and in the school that I went to there wasn't that much choice in what you could or could not do so I definitely had to take a science and humanities but I couldn't, there wasn't that that much free will. So finishing that was kind of like, I don't know where exactly I'm going here. I was thinking when I've always liked law, I was in 
MUN's debates, so perhaps law is where I should go. Because I remember I had I had uh, applied for a course in European studies, I think. That was just kind of like, uh, I need to apply for something, so hey, why not? So I did that, and eventually I did not like the option of, of European studies, and opted for something in uh, liberal arts. Because that's, an, that's a kind of institution where you get to build your own um, you get to build your own uh, degree in the end because you're just choosing all these different courses. It's kind of like electives forever, you know. So I did. I tried that. However, I did not get into the into the universities I wanted to. This was like Utrecht, Maastricht, and Roswell Academy in in Middelburg, and um, so I didn't get into there. So I was thinking, okay, well, I can't do that. What's another option? So I was like, you know what? Law. Law in Den Haag, which is like the city of law, essentially. So I decided to do that. That was interesting for a while. I could, I, I was doing okay. And then after a while, things become kind of difficult or rigid. And there isn't that much of the, once you reach the second year, there isn't really someone to really fall back on as much. And that's where I began to, began to slip. And then in that, I started writing a a blog for the university and it was a satirical blog and i started doing that and enjoying it and the more i enjoyed that the less i enjoyed my actual course and then eventually i dropped out and i had to explain to my dad like hey you know i i want to do this course online culture that my sister had like googled and showed me and she's like you know what you'll like that so i looked at it immediately fell in love with it and I decided like I'm already sort of practicing this through my blog now I can actually study this something I actually like because I've also been of the of the idea that I was more of an art focused person and performance type of stuff you know just wanting to do something creative has always been my driving force and then coming here I realized that you know what maybe I, I, I struck gold with my choices and now in the second year and focusing on digital media, I feel like I'm still going on with where exactly I want to be. So yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, the different like paths that you take. But thing is, once again, like for instance, I'm, I'm currently 25 and you are... I'm 20. You're 20. And one of the biggest fears for me, especially when I was 20, was that if you don't choose the right thing now and you mess up, and you have to start again, then you are screwed. It was type of the big fear that I had. And so it kind of drives this idea of, of depression, And because when you are on Facebook, and you're seeing your friends, you know, getting ahead with their degree or whatever, and you're thinking, I have no idea what I want to do, then it can kind of build up this kind of feeling of, of anxiousness with, if I'm going to go into another course, it better be the course or I'm just going to be as lost. And so I think there's a lot of students that end up in that kind of cycle of not knowing where they want to go. And it just kind of adds on to our idea of uncertainty. Because even right now, do you feel uncertainty once you're going to be down, once you're, once you're going to be out and, you know, you've got your bachelor? How do you perceive your future, if I would say? Well... This actually comes at a bad time because I, I mentioned that I recently had that talk with, uh, with our study advisor, uh -huh. and she really helped me 
uh, guide my ideas about the future mm-hmm. because before that I was like a wreck. I was unable to sleep just worrying about my future because I've mm-hmm. always I've always been this way where I've struggled with myself, finding myself, um, finding the right place for me. Um, and I always had the idea that I need to be able to live comfortably right. in the future. So I need to have enough money. It's It all comes down to money. And I don't know why, but money is such a worrying thing for me. Right. Even when everything is going right. I mean, I have a, have a steady job. Um, I have income. But still, I'm always focused on money and worried about money. Um, that's why I chose to study fiscal law, fiscal law. literally because law. it <laughs> because on the on the uh, on the open day they, were, they said like yeah start a salary for uh, uh, bachelor students or master students in fiscal law is like 3500 euros a month and i was like damn that's what i need then i can finally <laughs> stop worrying you so know is that is that essentially the answer to that's your pursuit of happiness then it used to be used to be it used to be and then once you came here that was it was more of things you enjoy doing well once i i noticed that studying law and studying something only because of future prospects right does not make me happy as a person exactly it may be different for everybody Uh but then i just completely noticed in myself that i was only going to be happy if i was doing something that i liked So, my advice would be for students who are feeling doubtful about what they're studying or what to choose. I think that in the end, it doesn't matter what you choose as long as you like it. Because you will only be happy if you are surrounded by things that make you happy. So, if you are surrounded by, by, by... by things that that will only lead to financial success in the future, but it makes you miserable, mm, giving you anxiety and staying up. At night. Then, then yeah. that's not the right place for you. Right. So, yeah. if you and and I also mentioned that I didn't pick like to study music, and music theory to become a musicologist, um, because I felt that the job prospects for that were even lower. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way I am because I let go of the idea that I need to be have a fin- stable financial income in the future. Um, full, I, I let go of it, but also I did not let go of it. I held on to it a little bit because I, I can, if I am studying something and I just notice, okay, I'm studying this, I really like it, but in the future I'm gonna have some problems. Mm-hmm that does not make me happy as well. I need to be doing something that is like, I really like it, and there is a decent amount of job prospects for it. That's my, like, perfect place in in mind, my perfect mindset. If you are somebody who doesn't care about anything and just really wants to study something that they really like, Mm Who cares what anybody thinks? Who cares about the future? Because um, it's really important 
to be to live in the present mm -hmm. if you're not happy in the present then you're not happy in the future debatable but okay like that got I mean, into another <laughs> if you are in the future let's say we're i would have uh, passed everything at erasmus and i would have studied fiscal law and in the future i would have had that 3500 euros a month mm -hmm. income all of a sudden i cannot look back to my university days mm -hmm. with a happy thought right i think of it as the most miserable time I've ever been. Right. So you make new memories, but you're not happy. They're not happy memories. At mm. least they wouldn't be for me. Mm. So, and I think that if I would then be making 3,500 euros a month, mm. but I would, I would always link that to, um, to that miserable period of time. Mm. So if you are somebody who is like, uh, I've worked so hard for this money, so now I can finally enjoy it. That's fine, but that's just not the way I am. Right, okay. That's your personal view on it. Yeah. That's, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. And so, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I was looking at this thing online about how, in for at least for our generation, the idea of a stable job is kind of waning, and we are opting for continuous side gigs or at least like a side hustle type of thing so you have your main job thing and you know but you still have to mix in your passion with something else to go on the side because that's just better security now what do you think about that or do you think at least that myth is a reality or not? i think it's definitely a reality i mean the prime example i can think of is what i mentioned with people who were coming out of the conservatory mm. and being proficient in yeah. let's say let's say the drums you most likely will end up becoming a music teacher right so a teacher teaching kids how to play drums right but that's not your passion your passion is at least it can be your passion mm. but your passion most probably is is being a musician mm. so your main hustle in in those terms would be being a music teacher and your side hustle would be occasional gigs right you know so i think in the musician in the in the in the conservatory scene that's definitely a big thing mm -hmm. but i think that um a steady job is definitely the main goal of people mm -hmm. And I think people strive to getting that stable financial security and doing something they love. And I think that side hustling is something that it's not fit for everyone. Yeah. It wouldn't be fit for me because I would be very easily would become anxious of losing a job and then having to do I don't know, three jobs in order to make enough money. Right. So I would prefer to have one stable job that I really like. Mm -hmm. But nowadays it's also really easy to find new jobs because jobs are everywhere. So you hear more and more that after, I don't know, two years, three years, people quit their jobs because it wasn't right for them. Mm -hmm. This is at least in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands. I have because, to say in the yeah, Netherlands, yeah. exactly. So I think that's 
if you truly dislike what you do, um, I think some people still feel that they have to do it in order to have financial security. Mm-hmm. But I think it's much more likely that taking a gamble mm-hmm. could pay off in the end. Yeah. And could help with getting at happiness. Yeah. Well, to just kind of wind things up, my perspectives on that is that we're going to have a future where we are definitely going to have to think about the options that uh, that we have pretending our study, for instance. And for the students out there that may feel that there is some kind of, or at least have some anxiety with what they will have once they get their bachelor and know where they'll go, because there is no particular job title in the name of our course. With many other titles, your friends may be, say, in law or in medicine, that definitely does lead to a particular area that they'll have to be, you know, working in. But in ours, it's online culture, media, art, and society. And so my, at least, advice for them is that you have to make of it, at least make the best of what you, of what you were taught here, essentially, and mix these things, these skills that you learn with some innate passion that you have. Now, for instance, with Philip, your passion may be in music. And if you can harness the power of both what you're learning in the digital or at least in, uh, in, in this music sphere that you learn in this course and your passion and put them together, essentially you'll be creating your own jobs. And that's, that's kind of what I've been ingraining into my head so far. The idea that what I'm going to do here is that I'm going to be making my own field, essentially. Because this is, in my opinion, a course that is kind of, it's in, it's in the early stages of building something a lot bigger. Because our world is going to get a whole lot more digitized from, from now. In the last 20 years, we've done this giant leap. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like in the next 20 years to come. And I think that our field is going to be something that is going to be extremely essential in that future digitized world. And they will definitely need people with the skills that we are learning here at Tilburg University. So I'm going to sign out. Thanks so much, Philip, for doing this with me. Thank and you for letting me be here. Yeah, it's great. It was a, it was a good time. And uh, well, we'll see you later.